This is a GRDC podcast. Growers throughout WA's Grain Belt have been attending in-paddock and on-property GRDC workshops with CSIRO mouse expert Steve Henry, ahead of anticipated mice control issues. Hello, I'm Deborah Bishop. Mice are becoming a higher priority pest in WA, and so growers are keen to understand key considerations around when to act, how to determine the numbers of mice, how many mice mean you have a problem, and being ready to bait mice as they prepare to sow crops. Managing mice requires constant vigilance and action. They're an all-year problem. And Steve shares a host of practical tips for growers, especially the value of walking your paddocks to determine the prevalence of burrows and understanding that a few mouse holes can mean imminent infestation because of their ability to breed rapidly. I talked to Steve about the latest CSIRO advice to control mice infestations in a state that, until now, has been a relatively low-key problem for growers in the West. Basically, we're working, and there's a team of us doing this at CSIRO, it's our team of experts, that are working on minimising the impact that mice have in cropping systems. And it's about developing ways to deal with mice as strategically as possible. So you're over here in the West doing some workshops about that that very thing. Uh, Here we've had minimal mice infestations, but some growers are reporting an increase. What's going on there? Yeah, so we're actually starting to get reports of more frequent mouse outbreaks over here in the West. And it's it's possibly related to just simply that farmers are getting way better at growing crops. And good crops mean more food for mice. And good crops more often mean more food for mice more often. And so we are starting to get these more frequent reports of mice. Now, in the current situation, there were lots of mice in last year's crop. And we're also getting reports of lots of mice in the lead up to this sowing. So that's quite concerning for us. It's looking like it's a two-year outbreak. And so the, the focus of these workshops is around getting farmers to be aware of the situation and being prepared to deal with mice. So you've got a series of workshops from north of Geraldton uh, right down to Esperance and, and pretty much, you know, everything in between there. What, what has been the response to the workshops? Are the growers thinking, well, we don't really have a problem because we haven't had one before? Is it news to them that they might have a problem? No, thank goodness that, the, the, you know, as is always the case with farmers, they're really switched on to what's happening and they've been actually focused on, on the mouse problem and they've been concerned about what to do about it in the lead up to sowing. So today was the first day of the workshops and we had some really good attendance and some really terrific questions about ways to deal with mice that fit within their farming systems. So everybody's doing stuff a little bit differently and being able to be strategic that deals with mice in a way that fits within their farming system is really important. So we've seen the terrible situation in the eastern states in regard to mice plagues. Are we able to put an actual figure on the cost of mice infestations at a yield level for starters? Uh, Look, it is very difficult to put a a value on it, uh, particularly because mouse outbreaks often uh, coincide with good seasons and so yields are high regardless. Uh, So it's very difficult to quantify the actual impact on yield. But one of the measures that was put on the the situation over in the east by New South Wales Farming Federation was that that outbreak cost New South Wales about a billion dollars. 
Now, I'm not sure how they came up with that value, but when you hear off-farm impact, you know, the Wellington Jail spent $34 million dealing with the mouse situation alone. So it's not just farmers, it's rural communities that get hit very hard by these things. Okay. What about if we bring it to the hip pocket and to the growers we've talked to uh, so far in Western Australia? What's your advice to them in regard to what the uh, the investment, if you like, is going to need to be to, to, to put a bit of a halt on a growing mice infestation? So we're really focused on dealing with mice as farmers sow the crop. And so that means baiting as close to seeding as possible, whether that's out of an aeroplane just as soon as possible after the crop's been sown, or off the cedar bar with a spreader mounted on the cedar bar and spreading as they sow the crop. So getting that bait out as close to the time when the crop's been sown is absolutely critical to protecting those freshly sown seeds from mice preying on them and, and eating them. And basically stealing those plants that are freshly sown. So that's a significant investment with bait ranging from, you know, as low as $4.50 a kilo up to $16 or $18 a kilo spread out of an aeroplane. And that equates to, you know, $16 or $17 a hectare. So it's not an insignificant cost. Right. And the solution that you use to, to combat these infestations? So, yes, yeah, so the only tool that farmers have available to them is zinc phosphide uh, coated on grain or in a pelleted form. The pellets are less available than the grain form and zinc phosphide is the only product that's licensed for broad-scale agricultural application. So it's really important that farmers use it according to the label, spread it at one kilogram per hectare, get out and monitor how effective their control strategy's been. Okay. Now, there were quite a few questions in the workshops that uh, we joined you on today in regard to what's your advice when it's raining? And, and our summer particularly has been pretty topsy-turvy. What is the advice there in regard to application of this? Yeah, so the zinc phosphide baits are, are actually probably quite robust, but it's a significant investment. So I would be, if you have the opportunity to wait until you get a window of dry weather, then that's the best time to apply the bait. So if you've sown a paddock and you think you're going to get rain tomorrow, hold off that baiting effort, wait till the rain's passed through, get out and spread your bait on the tail of the rainfall. It just gives it the best chance to be viable in the paddock for as long as possible to control those mice. So one of your, your big takeaway messages today has been, look, get out of your ute, go walk through those paddocks, go through the country, look with your eyes and check if you've got a mouse problem. But how else do you know if you do have a mouse problem? Uh, in the stubble phase, it's quite tricky, but I know farmers are talking to me about when they're driving out from town in the evening, they're seeing mice running across the road. They've got mice around their sheds, around their houses, in their chicken yards. All of those are really good indications that there might be a problem out in the farm. So when you are seeing those higher than normal numbers of mice in areas that aren't in your paddocks, it's a really good sign to get out and go for a walk at that point, see what's happening in your paddocks. All your paddocks won't be the same. It's your canolas and lupin stubbles will be different to your cereal stubbles. Walk through all of them, get an understanding of what's going on, be prepared to bait. Now, GDC uh, has been handing out chew cards today to, to growers who are attending the workshops. Uh, those, those cards, they're, they're pretty handy, aren't they, to get a bit of a handle on what you're dealing with? 
Yeah, so chew cards are just one tool for getting an understanding of mouse activity and using chew cards that are soaked in canola oil and pinned out at 10 metre intervals in the paddock. Uh, one way of getting an indice of mouse activity and using chew cards in conjunction with active burrows is a really good way to work out what's going on and use those indices of activity to give you some clues about when and where you'll need to control mice. So when we're talking about when, uh, baiting at sowing time is important. Yeah, look, we think that if mice are present in high numbers, they do a lot of damage within the first 24 to 48 hours after the crop's sown. Yeah, we would like to see people baiting as soon as possible after they've sown the crop. The advantage of baiting at sowing is the act of sowing the crop actually covers up a lot of the residual food that's left behind in the paddock. And that means that when the bait goes out after the seed has been through, it sits on the surface of the freshly tilled ground and it's the first thing that mice find when they bust out of their burrows after the seed has been through. Mice will take the easy food before they will dig for another food source because it's less risky and that means they've got a, a much better chance of eating those zinc phosphide coated grains than they have of digging and finding other grains. So up here around north of Geraldton, uh, many growers you know, can use deep ripping or spading. Is that a tool uh, yeah. in regard to yeah. controlling or, or identifying mouse infestation? Yeah, so it's been one of the things that farmers have been talking about a fair bit today and, you know, ripping down to 600 mils is it's pretty drastic stuff, uh, but they're seeing a, a wonderful yield response. Again, it, it shows that farmers are really inventive in, in terms of understanding their systems and doing the things that lead to better crops. And one of the, the things that they were hopeful was that ripping would destroy mouse burrows. And certainly there is some evidence that mouse burrows are destroyed by this process. But are all the mice killed? No. So we hear lots of stories of mice busting out after the rippers have been through and being back in business on the tail of that action. So what we're saying to farmers is at that point when you've disturbed the soil, you've set the paddock surface back to zero, a couple of days after you've been spading or deep ripping, get out, have a look, see what sort of levels of activity you've got. And at that point, it might be a really good time to spread the bait because you've buried a lot of the other food that's around. Mice are looking for new homes, looking for new habitat, ranging through the countryside. It gives them a really good chance of finding the bait. How surprised were you at the revelation that some of these growers you've been talking to uh, revealed that they've never baited their paddocks? Yeah, so again, that is, that is something that we do hear a lot, particularly where mouse plagues are less frequent. So in South Australia on the Adelaide Plains and on the York Peninsula, they get really frequent mouse outbreaks and they're really switched on to baiting. Some farmers over their bait every year as a form of insurance as they sow their crop. Whereas farmers over here where mouse plagues are significantly less frequent, say every 10 years or so, sometimes you know, they can get through without baiting. But I think as we're starting to get more frequent reports and farmers are starting to realise the impact that mice have, they're actually getting more switched on to baiting and using it as a tool to, to reduce those losses. OK, and the environmental side of baiting, what are the thoughts on that from CSIRO? So one of the really good things about zinc phosphide is that the phosphide is converted to phosphine in the acid environment in the mouse's stomach. The phosphine gas gets taken up into the blood and goes off and damages the major organs to kill the mouse. 
In the act of doing that, most of the phosphine is used up. What's not used up actually dissipates out into the environment in a gaseous form after the mouse dies relatively quickly. And so there's no toxin left behind to poison other animals that come along to eat the mice after they've died. So that's a real benefit for small raptors um, and other native critters that come along and eat those mice after they've been poisoned. That's very different to the toxins that are available for use around houses and in buildings and those sorts of things. The anticoagulant baits, we need to be really careful about. We need to secure them so that rodents don't cart them around and put them in places where family pets and really valuable working dogs can get hold of them because the toxin from those types of products actually accumulate in the fatty tissues around the major organs. They don't get used up. They remain in the animal after they've died to poison other animals that come along and eat them. Really important to, A, secure those products so they don't get dragged around. B, if you see any dead and dying rodents that are associated with anticoagulant poisoning, get rid of them, deal with them properly, put them out of reach of other animals so you don't get those secondary poisonings. It's really important to note when we're talking about the two different types of toxins that the anticoagulants aren't available for use in broad-scale ag. The zinc phosphide baits are the only tool that farmers can use in a broad-scale scenario to control mice. Okay. So, look, in closing, what would your key messages be to growers in regard to so. trying to reduce or manage um, a mouse infestation? Yeah, they're going to run me out of town eventually, <laughs> I'm sure. But, uh, you know, get out of your ute. Go for a walk through your stubbles. Remember that all of your stubbles aren't the same, so you've got to walk through a fair few of them. Get an understanding about what's happening with mice. If you think you've got a problem, you probably have. Start talking to your bait suppliers early so you can get the product you need to be proactive about controlling mice as you sow the crop. Steve, the mouse expert, it's been great talking to you today. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely, no trouble at all, Deb. <laughs> We spoke to Steve Henry, mouse expert and CSIRO research officer, health and biosecurity. More information on this topic can be found in the description box of this podcast or online at grdc.com.au. I'm Deborah Bishop and thanks for listening.